1: What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Craig Humphreys with us tonight to recap day two at Live Tulsa at Cedar Ridge. We'll start there, fellas. Dustin Johnson has a two-shot lead headed into the final round. Back-to-back, 7-under pars, so he's 14-under for the tournament. Two shots ahead of Brandon Grace, who is in solo second at 12-under, and then you have Bubba Watson in solo third at 10-under. A couple other big names right behind Bubba. You got Bryson DeChambeau at 9 and Cam Smith at 8-under, along with Brendan Steele at 8-under with Cam Smith, but... Fellas, I've really enjoyed the past couple days. We'll go through a few of our, you know, initial thoughts. But just as far as the golf tournament itself, Cedar Ridge could not ask for a more star-studded leaderboard at the top. And really, Brandon Grace isn't a star, obviously, guys. He's the guy probably at the top that, you know, the average golf fan is probably rooting against. they probably like, you know, a Dustin Johnson or a Bubba Watson or a Bryson or a Cam to win this week. But at the same time, Brandon Grace has the lowest round ever in a major championship. So he's absolutely no slouch, right, T-Dub?
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, guys, just what a great day of golf. It truly was out there. I mean, Dustin Johnson coming back with another 763. Actually, probably should have shot about 61, 62 at worst, if not for <laughs> the atrocious wedge shot, Huttman, that he hit in the oh. 18. We're both sitting there watching on the TV. I mean, he has about 100 yards. What should be a stock wedge?
0: 116. 116.
2: And he said he was trying to fly past the hole hump, man, but he flew it 10 yards too far and then hits a very, very lackluster chip and then pushes his putt really there. So what that allowed to do, guys, it brought a few more people back into this tournament, in my opinion, because Bubba ends up birdieing his last hole. He was 9-under. He gets it to 10-under. So instead of being 6-back, he's only 4-back. There was a good part within the last, what, five or six holes, Huntman, where it seemed like it almost was going to be a two-horse race of a tournament, but that that, that kind of last stretch from DJ to make that bogey, even though he did birdie the three holes previous to that, Grace making two bo- uh, pretty clutch bogeys in there for all the guys rooting against him. So it was pretty, pretty, uh, I don't want to say extremely topsy-turvy at the end, man, but it was a lot of volatility there that, that really changed how the leaderboard, in my opinion, could have looked.
0: Yeah, what did Bill Brog, uh, Brogdon tell you at University of Tulsa uh, when you hit three straight bad shots and, and you walk <laughs> off with a bogey and you're complaining about bogey in the whole What, what did he say? I mean, he, he, he would always say you hit four bad shots and still made a bogey. Instead of being mad, you should be happy. <laughs> well, I don't know if Dustin Johnson should be happy, but, but T-Dub's right. I mean, he is sitting there with an L wedge in his hand, coming off three straight birdies, like T-Dub said, 15, 16, 17. Looks like he's in position to birdie 18 and shoot that 61. And then, as, as T-Dub said, I mean, three straight bad shots. I mean, a bad shot into green, a bad bad chip, and a bad putt, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he bogeys the hole. But still, two straight 63s. And my takeaway from this is... And we watched him a little bit on the range and then watching him on the course just striping the ball. When he is at his best, guys, I think he's still the best player in the game. When he is at his best.
1: I mean he truly is it's an interesting, interesting question though. I mean, is he more talented than a John Rom? I don't I don't know. I, I think that it's neck and neck, and when they're both on their games, I think that they're the two most talented players in the game, is how I'll put it. I'm not going to say that Dustin Johnson's better than John Rahm right now, though.
2: I'll, I'll put this out there. It would be an absolute crime if Dustin Johnson isn't on the Ryder Cup team in a few months. But uh, with how he's playing like this. And I get it right. He has not had the best year coming up. And I think he even alluded to it a little bit in the press conference where – he, I mean, that back injury was something that really set him back, and I feel like that now, sort of to just a little less extent than what Kepka dealt with, is that he's finally coming back and feeling a little bit healthy. And the thing that I saw, and I even noticed this at Augusta when I was down there, was that he's just pumping the driver. I mean, he's just hitting that that little 7, 8-yard fade out there, very medium trajectory. It's just a beautiful flight. And when he's got that rolling, Sam, he, he does everything else so well that if he can just get a few putts to fall, he, he's going to be a, a heavy hitter, and that's what we're starting to see this week for sure. Headed into Liv Tulsa, even though
1: he hadn't really been getting anything out of his rounds and we talked to Dustin Johnson after the round we'll hear from him in a second but guys heading into live Tulsa he was second in distance off the tee in top five in greens and regulation on the live golf league and unfortunately for him over this these past what six events he's not been putting very well he, I mean he's averaging 1.64 putts per green per round Right. So it's one of the worst on live. But this week, he looks as confident as I've ever seen him with the putter. Now, he did miss the kind of short one at 18. What was that? About six feet at 18? It was not
2: a good putt. It It, 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 it was not a good putt.
1: But that was uncharacteristic of him from what I've seen over the past two days. Right. Do you think that? dj tomorrow comes out and the putter comes back down to earth to what it was at the start of the season or do you think that dj has something figured out because i watched a lot of dustin johnson in person and he just has a different sound coming off the club face and the putter when it's hot guys i mean i don't think that anyone in the live field can beat dustin johnson when it's hot and it was hot today
2: well, I do think he is going to putt good tomorrow, and I think he is going to win this tournament. One of the main reasons is he said in the press conference he said these greens are good and they they suit him really well. Which I know at least one player who does not like these greens very much at all. He was very open uh, about that. So it's uh, very if as long as he's very Kepka. confident. It was y- Kepka. Yeah, it, it was Kepka. Kepka is not is not happy about having to play this week. But 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 <laughs> well. DJ having the confidence to to know to feel like the greens are good and that he can hit good putts, or the fact that if he does hit a good putt, it's going to go in the hole. So, man, I. I would – in all honesty, I'm going to be pretty shocked if DJ does not hoist the trophy tomorrow.
0: Well, he he dominated last summer uh, on Liv, uh, was the best player. Got off to the bad start this year, 37th at Mayakoba, 13th in Tucson. But since then, I mean, still two top tens. He was seventh at Orlando, uh, was 10th in Australia, fell back to 25th in Singapore. I don't know. He's on his game, and, and got a major coming up next week at Oak Hill, the PGA Championship. So, anyway, he's um, he he definitely is the man to beat, and they're lucky that he only has a two shot lead instead of a four shot lead.
1: Let's go ahead and hear from Dustin Johnson after the round. We were able to ask DJ a couple questions, and I asked him about his putting, and you know if he was working on anything specifically between live Singapore and live Tulsa, and think his answer was pure dustin johnson let's go ahead and hear from him dj so far this year you mentioned that you didn't feel like you were getting much out of your rounds but your your strokes gained t to green have been pretty solid and it seems like the putter has been holding you back a little bit but you've looked comfortable out here this week did you work on anything specifically between singapore and tulsa with the putter
2: yeah i mean i've been working on my putting every day for a long time (laughs) it's just finally
3: starting to click i mean sometimes just you just got to keep grinding it out but yeah starting to you know i'm just hitting them on my lines and you know making a few putts obviously that's that's the key you know you can make a few putts early get some momentum get confidence in the putter and then it obviously
1: helps out and that was the voice of dustin johnson uh t-dub
2: yeah uh he's been working on his putter for a long time yeah, the Harvard graduate that D- Dustin Johnson <laughs> is—I mean, my word! Yeah, no wonder. Yeah, I hope you be working on your putting every day for the <laughs> last how many ever years. I mean, even though they do say on Live Hunt, man, that these guys are going to stop trying, so uh, maybe there's some hey. that to it. What has he
1: been doing? Working on his putter for a long time. Well,
0: I, what I was going to say, if a guy made, he made what, eight birdies today? Shot seven under par again with the bogey at 18. You make eight birdies. You can't be a bad putter and make eight birdies.
1: No, absolutely not. Uh, let's talk about the other guy whose putter has been pretty hot this week. That's Brandon Grace, who's in solo second at 12 under par. Shot a 61 yesterday and followed it up with a three under par today, 67 since it's a par 70 this week. Guys, what are your thoughts on Brandon Grace? Because I feel like T-Dub, we overlook him with this leaderboard that we have with DJ and Bubba and Cam Smith and Bryson and all these guys up there, but... Like I said at the beginning of the show, we can't sleep on Brandon Grace because even though he f- he shot a low round yesterday, he followed it up with a solid one to keep himself up near the top of the leaderboard.
2: Well, he's just always been a very streaky player, just in general, very streaky putter too, which is something that we've seen really this week. I mean, yesterday he made every putt they looked, or at least every putt that I saw him hit. And th- and then today there there was a few times where he could even been a little bit lower, but he was playing pretty mistake free for most of the round. But then after he makes the the back back birdies on thirteen. And 14 goes in, hits in the bunker on 15 hump man, and then hits a, a very, very bad bunker shot and is not, not able to make that. So that's actually where a two-shot swing occurred because DJ birdies that hole and Brandon Grace bogeys. And then the next hole, Brandon Same Grace – Yeah, exactly. Missed another about 10-footer, Grace did, it and then DJ hits it in there to five feet or whatever and able to make a birdie. So – that was really where it changed because they were pretty much neck and neck there for the first seven, eight holes. And then once they got on to 13 even a little bit more, DJ had a lead then, but then Grace makes back-to-back birdies. And then it, that was kind of what I was talking about earlier, Huntman, with just that volatility there. And, and while Brandon Grace is not out of this tournament whatsoever, he uh, he's probably kicking himself a little bit because he should be, in my opinion, tied for this lead.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's two shots back, and he gave up he, – he lost four shots on those two holes you're talking about on 15 and 16, uh, two-shot swings on, on two holes in a row. Uh, yeah, you look at Grace, Sam, and I've always had a lot of respect for him as a player, and like you said, he's got the lowest round of major history, had the third place behind Charles Howe at my Yacoba, uh first live event of the season. But coming into this week, the, the two tournaments that, that Taylor Gooch won, Grace finished – 41st and 43rd, back-to-back in those two tournaments. Uh, So he was not coming into this uh, week on very good form at all. And like T-Dub said, he was in position to maybe at least be tied for the lead or better uh, coming into the last four holes today. And like we said, gave up four shots on 15 and 16. Now he did pick up a shot at number 18, a, a, a bogey by Dustin Johnson that just came from out of the blue. Cause Dustin Johnson is coming off three straight birdies and bogey's all with a L wedge, but yeah, Brandon Grace still in very good position.
1: There's no doubt about that. And I think that a thing to look out for tomorrow is Brandon Grace is kind of an outlier on this leaderboard. A lot of these guys on the live golf leaderboard for Tulsa are bombers. Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, Bryson, Kepka's up there in seventh. Now you do have Brendan Steele and Cam Smith and, and Brandon Grace, Brandon Grace is getting it done in different ways, but he doesn't have that advantage like Bryson was talking about to take it over some of these fairway bunkers that are very penalizing that Brandon Grace has been avoiding so far. I wouldn't necessarily Bet on him. I, I think that distance is a huge advantage out at Cedar Ridge. TW, do you agree with me headed into tomorrow?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what we, when we were prognosticating the tournament before it started, that's what we said. We said drivers of the ball are going to really excel here. And that's what do you know? That's what we're seeing at the top. Even Brandon Grace, who doesn't hit it that far, he's been hitting a lot of fairways this week, at, fairways. At, at least from what I've seen. And so when you accumulate that with a very hot putter like he had on the first day, yeah, you're going to be up the top leader, but. As I was saying earlier, I would be absolutely shocked if DJ does not turn out and win this tournament, but I do feel like that if he, if Grace can go out and put a little bit of pressure on DJ, it could definitely make things a little bit more interesting, but, but if, if Dustin goes out and he birdies three out of the first five or six holes or something like that and gets out to a three or four shot lead, I think it's going to be really hard to chase him just because he's hitting his driver so, so accurately for how far he's hitting it. Let's go ahead and hear from the guy who's in solo second place
1: at cedar ridge brandon grace we talked to him after the round and then brandon what mindset did you bring into today considering it's always tough to you know follow a really low one like a 61 um with another low round and you seem to you know stay up there on top of that leaderboard or up near the top of the leaderboard what mindset did you have going into
4: today yeah not not to really get too far ahead of myself you know just try to Hit fairways, hit greens, and just try to give myself chances. I thought, um, you know, I did that really well yesterday. I thought I did it really well today. Um, yesterday, I took advantage of other things when I needed to. Today, I didn't, and that, you know, that was maybe another four shots off the off the score. But um, all in, I'm happy. I'm I'm in a great position. Um, looking forward to tomorrow.
1: Great stuff there from Brandon Grace after the round, giving a really candid answer. To us, Dad, you had some thoughts on the guy who's in solo third for Live Golf?
0: Yeah, Bubba Watson. I got to give it up to both of you guys. You guys were out here for the press rounds, what, Wednesday and Thursday. And one of the things you said on the preview show, you said, number one, like T-Dub said, length is a big advantage here. But you said Bubba Watson really impressed you specifically with different shots that he was hitting. You said, look for Bubba Watson to have a great week. And that kind of opened my eyes because I thought, well, man, Bubba Watson, I mean, he hadn't done much this year at all. In fact, finished 40th, two different tournaments, two of the first three tournaments of the year. Now, uh, was 12th in Australia, but 26th at Singapore in the previous tournament. I thought, not really any great current form, but you guys are exactly right. He's sitting there with his best tournament of the year, sitting in third place going into the
2: final round. And and one thing that he talked about, too, in the press conference was that he's been able to aim at a lot of middle of the greens and kind of work the ball to the flags, which is At least today, guys, they tucked a good amount of those pins. The pin that was on, what, if you're watching the 10th hole, it was just tucked front left right over that bunker. That was a very tough shot. T.G. was able to put it in that front bunker there and had almost an impossible uh, bunker shot from there. Then I believe it would have been what would be 16. They tucked that flag over the left side. D.J. was able to get it in there pretty close, but that was because he had his drive so far and was able to get up there. I've been pretty surprised by Bubba. I thought he would take a lot more drivers than I've seen him. He's hitting a very, very vast amount. Of fairway woods, I and guess.
1: especially talked about in the press conference after the round. At the start of his rounds, he's hitting more fairway woods because he said once his body gets warmed up, he could maybe get it over some of those fairway bunkers. But especially at the start of the round, he's not going to risk hitting it in the lip of one of those bunkers.
2: And Which is pretty crazy because you don't really think about that very often. But depending on what hole he starts on the shotgun start, they could have a very pivotal difference. Because if he starts on a par three, and doesn't have to really rip at it. Well, you know, he'll start like, on number one tomorrow. That is a very good point. So yeah, he's <laughs> going he's going to be doing that. It was just something that I that I noticed throughout all this. But no, it, it, he's been. And even when I saw in the practice round, whenever he's playing with TG, it just seemed like he's in much more better rhythm with this swing. I mean, he's always been known for jumping out at it and, and you know, obviously having the nice high hands at the top of his swing. But no, it just seems like everything's a little bit more controlled and seems like that he's really visualizing his his shots well, which is something Sam thought I thought he'd be able to take advantage off some of these blocks. Like, for example, 17, the drivable par four, he just pretty much aimed way, way right and just played a big old almost banana slice in there and hit it to 15 feet and almost made the eagle. Let's go ahead and hear from
1: Bubba Watson. You asked him that question about, you know, are you shooting at pins and, or are you kind of aiming for the middle of the greens? And he said, well, you know, I like to work it off the middle of the green and gave you a little wink. Uh, there's a wink thrown in there when you listen to this clip
2: of Bubba Watson. Pin locations out there, at least from my perspective, look like they really tucked a lot of them. Just talk about your overall strategy. Were you aiming at a lot of them? Or were you playing towards the middle of the green? Just talk about that a little bit.
4: Well, I normally don't aim at them. I usually curve it, so uh, – uh, so, I, you know, I, you're trying to shape it to the hole, right, or I'm trying to shape it to the hole. Um, I can think about um, number nine. I had a nine iron in there, um, and I, I tried to shape a nine iron because of the slopes. I tried to shape it in there, hit it in there, you know, 20 feet or so. But um, number, uh, gosh, what hole was that, 15, part three, pin was tucked uh, back right, and I hit a seven iron and roped it in there, you know, about 20, 25-yard 20, draw, trying to hit it in there, shape it in there. But, but starting it where my miss would be on the green and then just try to turn it in there. So, yeah, you're just trying to attack different ways. Some guys can hit it straight. Some guys can't, you know.
2: And, and I've seen you hit a decent amount of fairway woods off some tees out here. Is it just the positioning of the bunkers there or is it just maybe a visual thing for you as to why you've been doing that?
4: Yeah, like number three, first hole, um, I, without wind, I can't really. It's, it's too, it's too um, dicey to try to go over that. Um, unless you're into the rhythm. So the first tee shot, I wasn't in rhythm or my body's not ready to swing like that. And so it's a perfect little um, three wood. And then, I mean, I only had a nine iron and there, I had 155 yards. It wasn't that big a deal, um, but I hit it good, so.
1: Great stuff there from Bubba Watson, who is solo third for the golf tournament, guys, at 10 under par. One more thing that Bubba said after the round that I thought was interesting and he started on number 3 today guys and he said that he at the start of the round some of those old doubts crept in his mind and he said that that's something he's worked for over 15 years to try to, you know, work on to keep out of his head during golf tournaments and said that he kind of, you know, realized that his train of thought was going in the wrong direction during this round today and remembered a couple of positive things not only about his swing but just about, you know, Life in general. I who knows what's going on in Bubba's head. <laughs> but he said that he remembered a couple of positive things and turns out, I mean, after he bogeyed number five, he was one over for the day. Uh, it started on three, was one over through the day through the actual number seven, and then birdied eight and nine, and then parred 10, 11, 12, and then birdies 13, 14, 15, 17, and number two, which was his last hole. So he definitely remembered whatever that positive thing was, he needs to think about every single round, fellas.
0: I, I'm not very good with the new math. I doubt that Bubba is either, but that's five birdies in his last eight holes. I mean, that's he exactly really got right. it going coming in, T-Done.
2: Well, he, he really did. I mean, just as i mentioned earlier bubba just has the one of the maybe the best hands in golf that we've ever seen so whenever we were in the practice rounds uh watching him on the range he was hitting these little these fairway woods just hitting him like 150 yards but they were still going really high in the air and just making these half swings to try to really just f- feel where he was getting the impact and it makes a lot of sense because I saw him hit all those woods and I'm thinking to myself I mean is he really gonna hit that many that many fairway woods this weekend sure enough he damn sure did and what's crazy about it I mean we were talking about earlier he's one over through his first five holes today and he bogeyed number five, which was not a very hard uh, par five whatsoever. But, yeah, the, the streak that he got on after that was pretty legendary. And, I mean, I, can Bubba go out and make a, a move tomorrow at DJ? I think he absolutely can. But I think he's going to have to do it pretty early because DJ is not going to be the type to uh, to back up to him soon. Ten locations out there, at least from my perspective, look like they really tucked a lot of them. Just talk about your overall strategy. Were
4: you aiming at a lot of them? Were you playing towards the middle of the green? Just talk about that a little bit. Well, I normally don't aim at them. I usually curve it. So, uh uh, so i you know i you're trying to shape it through the hole right or i'm trying to shape it to the hole um, i can think about um, number nine i had a nine iron in there um, and I, I tried to shape a nine iron because of the slopes i tried to shape it in there hit it in there you know 20 feet or so but um, number uh gosh what hole is that 15 part three pin was tucked uh, back right and i hit a seven iron and roped it in there you know about 20 20 25 yard draw trying to hit it in there shape it in there but, but starting it where my miss would be on the green and then just try to turn it in there. So, yeah, you're just trying to attack different ways. Some guys can hit it straight. Some guys can't, you know. Yeah. And, and I've seen you hit a decent amount of fairway woods off some tees out here. Is it just the positioning of
2: the bunkers there, or is it
4: just maybe a visual thing for you as to why you've been doing that? Yeah, like number three, first hole. Um, I, without wind, I can't really. It's, it's too, it's too um, dicey to try to go over that. Um, unless you're into the rhythm. So the first tee shot, I wasn't in rhythm or my body's not ready to swing like that. And so it's a perfect little um, three wood. And then, I mean, I only had a nine iron and I had 155 yards. It wasn't that big a deal, um, but I hit it good, so. No doubt about it. Let's talk about the
1: guy who's in fourth place here at Cedar Ridge. That would be one Bryson DeChambeau coming out of the shadows to play some solid golf this week. He is nine under par for the golf tournament through two rounds, and he's well on track to have his best finish on Live so far. His best finish was a tied for eighth last year at Live Chicago. Now, he did finish tied for eighth at the Open Championship last year, um, but fellas... Other finishes, I mean, you got 31st, 17th, 14th, 21st, 44th, 16th, 28th, 22. And those finishes are out of 48 guys. He has not been playing not even elite golf, he hasn't been even playing good golf, you know, in about a year, and obviously went through the wrist slash thumb injury where he had the surgery on his hand last year, that has been a difference maker in his game, I'm sure, having to rehab that, and then losing all of the weight after he gained all of the weight, I asked him about that, you'll hear him in a second, but fellas, I mean, this came out of nowhere, and I think it's because the course sets up beautifully for Bryson, and hopefully he can take some confidence from this week and transition it into some good play at the
2: PGA Championship next week. I mean, when you include every tournament he's played this year, guys, which has been seven of them, has not finished better than 16th place. I mean, missed the cut at the Masters as well, which, I mean, is a par 67 to him. So, I mean, that's really, really, really bad. But, yeah, no, and I'll tell you this, though, From what I've seen from the practice rounds and even yesterday or, yeah, yesterday evening after the round, he spent probably an hour and a half to two hours on the range. I mean, during the concert. Literally the entire Lainey Wilson concert, guys. He was all flying, and he's over
1: there working on his track man numbers and i mean he is just pumping Paid drivers off. too it did. I mean,
0: 63 had... <laughs> shot seven under
2: in, in the <laughs> two no, hours no bogeys
0: he... today i mean
2: in the two hours that he was on the range he probably spent an hour and a half of them hitting drivers too and i mean just yeah. pumping them down there so i mean he, he is definitely dedicated to this and it, it, you can tell you you could tell by what he said in the press conference too that his the way he's been playing over these last few years essentially has not made him very happy at all, and he's really wanting to change that. I do think that this is going to be the start of something. I think he's going to come out and win the PJ Championship next week. No, I don't think so. But I do think that Bryson can get a point to where he's at least contending in these live events on a regular basis, which I think that he's really not that far off from doing. What? And the other thing,
1: the reason why, and I, I asked him about his swing changes and how that correlates to his weight changes over the past year. We'll hear from Bryson himself after the round in a second. But, guys, the reason why he's finally playing some good golf again he's finally making some putts. The putter has been horrible over the past year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Bryce and overanalyzing his golf swing and being such a range warrior that sometimes I feel like he forgets to, you know, maybe work on the putting in the short game a little bit.
0: But no top 15. You read off his uh, yeah. finishes. Not one top 15 on, on Liv uh, this year. And he comes out today after that range uh, session last night, uh, 63. So at least he, he's back in position, at least in the top five to have his best finish of the year.
1: Let's go ahead and hear from Bryson DeChambeau. We talked to him after the round. Bryson, your appearance is a little bit different than even last year. We saw yeah. you at Southern Hills, not quite as bulked up. My mm-hmm. question is, does your swing change uh, along with the weight changes? And, and how have you tried to kind of balance that? And has that been a, a learning process throughout yeah. the last few months?
3: I, I'd say that my, sw- my body definitely has changed. So my swing is probably going to change as well. Uh, that's part of the process I'm, I'm trying to figure out. You know, I was a lot skinnier and leaner when I was hitting it dead straight every single time in 2018. So uh, that wasn't the reason why I tried to get leaner. I just tried to decrease inflammation in my body, um, which I feel a heck of a lot better, man. I don't feel like uh, uh, everybody's going to... Yeah, you, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel a lot cleaner and healthier and feel like I can live to over 100 now, finally. Last year or two year and a half ago, I was like, oh, man. That uh, thing that I talked about living to like 120, I don't know if I can get there now with the the weight I put on. So, a little different now.
1: Right, and then just not swing-wise, but on a hot day like today, does the body feel any different just out there walking the course, more energy or less energy, or does it matter?
3: Yeah, I try and keep my calories up out there. I have a little uh, food bag. It's like uh, mom's lunchbox almost. She's making a little lunch pail, you know. Uh, No, but uh, got a bunch of calories in there, and I just try and keep hydrated and fed on the course but, it's not easy though
1: but no different from last year or you know when
2: you well, were a I don't more drink as many up. protein shakes yeah. that's for sure yeah
3: <laughs> yeah that definitely messed up my gut a lot as people could assume
2: you mentioned all the hard work that you've been putting in did you change or adjust anything in your practice schedule or is it more just kind of doing the same things just wait for the results to come
3: <sighs> hey trying to understand what i didn't it's mainly what i'm trying to understand what i did in 2018 um, i've really fought hard to figure that out you know i've gained a lot of speed trying to get to a place where maybe I would find a a little golden nugget that would help me understand what I did in 2018. You know, I fit fit into a model pretty well uh, in 2020 and won a few times and then start struggling again, start hitting it everywhere, and uh, now I'm kind of like toning it back and starting to see some resemblance of 2018, but it's just not there yet, man. So I'm just really grinding my, you know, what off to get it figured out. Good stuff
1: there from Bryson. Fellas, what are your thoughts on his weight change? Do you think that he's he talks a lot about, in the, especially after the round today, talked a lot about wanting to get back to what he was back in 2018. Now, he was already, I feel like, a little bigger than he even is now back in 2018. But, fellas, he does look, to me, healthier than he did when he bulked up T-Dub. I mean, I got to be honest, I'll tell a story from when the fans weren't out there and the one shot that I've seen all week where I was like, my lord, was Bryson teeing off on the first tee of the Pro-Am and Bryson just demolishes A driver, I've never seen a ball go up, flatten out, and not come down. I don't think, I think the ball's still floating in the air somewhere. (laughs) Um, But guys, the guy has so much talent. And he, I feel like over analyzes things sometimes. But uh, I, golf is better with Bryson DeChambeau playing good golf. And and what are your thoughts on you know what he's been doing over the past year? Not only the transition with the weight, uh, the the hand surgery, the transition to live, a bunch of stuff going on in his life that don't necessarily equate to making birdies. But hopefully, we're getting back to that, Bryson.
2: Well, there's always a method to his madness, right? At least in his mind. You, you can have the, the consequence of trying to become better in what you do makes you really worse. A, a good example is when he tried to do side saddle putting. And he was <laughs> – you think his putting was bad this last year, Sam. I mean, it was way worse yeah. when he tried to do that. But uh, and, and just like he did today, which I think was big, he birdied three of his first four holes. So he's able to go out and get some confidence going and build on that. Um, which I think was re- really important because, as you, as you alluded to, he's been struggling with his confidence a decent amount, which is something that Bryson has not been known to be the, the non-cockiest person you've ever met, right? I mean, he's he's not scared to talk about how well he's been playing in the past. So, I mean, to hear him to just talk about that, and it seems like that he he is finally starting to turn the corner. But a- as you kind of mentioned, Sam, he is a range warrior because those two hours that he was on the range, I didn't see him on the damn putting green. And uh, so, I mean, you, you you can't forget that aspect of the game and – even when he was bombing it, sometimes we went not play good. His distance control whenever he, he started to try to bomb him. it was just absolutely horrible. I mean, he'd airmail greens. I mean, we thought Dustin Johnson's log wedge in the last hole was bad. I mean, Bryson would, would make that shot look really good on a lot of occasions. So, you know, he's had a lot of things to work out, and I do think – that him slimming down will be better because when he talks about the inflammation, I'm assuming that's on his joints that he's trying to get that, that down because it's probably putting a lot of torque on his body. So yeah, I definitely think for the longevity of his career and, and and who knows he might've caused enough damage to where whenever he's even a couple years older, he might have some, some more problems going on. But no, I feel like that he's heading more in the right direction than I thought he was a few months ago. When he
1: mentioned in that press conference, he said, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, was he, Alluding to steroids <laughs> during that? I
2: mean, I, I'm not going to speculate, Huntman, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what else you fill th- it with. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like he was saying Let me. There's man. a
0: whole lot of protein shakes. Uh, yeah. No. Hey, listen, but, but. What, what I keep coming back to is this guy was a really good player even before he bulked up. Sam, oh, did, I mean, did he win that transmiss at, at Southern
1: Hills? He was yeah. the defending champion, and I know it got cut short. I think Zalatoris might have won that transmiss, okay. but he won everything. He won the NCAA okay. right? Nationals, and he right? The, well, he won the USAM, too.
2: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, and, and then when and he was then, skinny, the point when, is he, was when he was skinny and, and then he did blow the field away at, at Wingfoot by what, six shots, T-Dub, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he wins that U.S. Open going away. This guy has tremendous talent just from what little I heard. And, and you guys were there, but he seems to be at a good place, you know, mentally and so forth.
1: He was by of, far the most candid player after the round. It was almost like he was happy that he was getting interviewed again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he seems to be at a good place, and he seems to be happy with what he's done, you know, yeah. w- with his body, and and so maybe that comes together, and he plays some good golf again.
1: I was right next to him. It's not like he's small by any means or skinny, but he's skinny compared to what he was. Right, he almost looks weight. Way- you know, like how Phil lost a lot of weight, and it doesn't look that healthy. Like Bryson lost a lot of weight and he looks way healthier to me, yeah. at least in person. I got you.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. He does look healthier. He's probably a little bit more cut than he is. It's just not the Ooh, big Bryson, bulk up, you know, Hulk yeah. status. And to as you mentioned earlier, Sam back can answer. Let's just say that Bryson's answers are just a little bit more articulated than Dustin Johnson's are.
0: <laughs> well, back to what you said at the first, Sam, about star power at the top of this leaderboard. You look at this top five, all right? And and you got Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, DeChambeau, and Cam Smith that we haven't gotten to. So the one guy that doesn't fit in maybe as far as star power is Brandon Grace, who only has the lowest score ever shot in a major. And so, man, you got you got a lot of personalities, and that's why I think a lot of these fans out here in Tulsa are having so much fun. That's a that's a great leaderboard, Tito.
2: Oh, it, it truly is. It, it, it really is, and these fans have to be loving – Every minute of it. And from what I saw from the crowds today, it was. It, to me, it seemed like they're even a little bit more be- better behaved today than yesterday. There were a few times, especially. What happened to our man TG where the crowd got him in the back of his putting stroke a lot and a lot, which, I mean, can happen because at least not yesterday. on purpose. No, no, of course not. They weren't just blatant, but it was just, you know, you're off to the side having some beers, having a good time, and, you know, you're talking talking to your girl or something. You don't realize what's going on around you, and so some of that happened. It seemed like everything was a bit more controlled. I had a couple of funny things I saw. I saw a girl who was about my age, probably around 30. <laughs> she was dying to go touch Cam Smith's hand. Like, she was, like, yelling, like, I want to go touch Cam Smith's hand. Oh, my God. And she was, like, sprinting over to the crosswalk so i thought that was that she touched cam smith's hand i I did not stick around sam i did not care near as much as she did to to find out but one other thing that i thought was really funny and i had never thought this dynamic before but it made a lot of sense there was a father there with two little kids about five or six years old and i guess they were about to have to leave or something and one of the kids looks at his dad and said it's not fair he got to see his favorite player and i didn't get to and i mean he says the Biggest tantrum I have seen. I mean, it was almost to the point to where, like, everyone's, like, looking around him and, like, you know, like, you need to sell this. I mean, he was not happy. I didn't know figure out who the favorite player was from each of them. But, <laughs> but I mean, that is something. I mean, if you are a dad and you got two kids, you got two different favorite players, you better make sure they both see it because you're not going <laughs> to want the result I saw today.
0: You're going to pay for it. Hey, I have
1: seen a ton of kids out here. And live is a lot. That's one thing that – we need to talk about is the whole fan experience from the last couple of days. We talked on our Wednesday show about our experience, you know, of the accessibility to the players, just the media and the players on Wednesday and Thursday. We haven't talked about the fan experience yet. The first thing that I noticed instantly from Liv is that it's a lot more family friendly than I, you know, really expected. There's a lot of fan experience things like going to an NBA game almost uh, that you don't get at a normal PGA tour event.
0: Well, when we walked in today, Bev compared it to the Texas state fair. It kind of is. An it's, OU Texas game. When you, and, by the way,
1: so when you walk in the gates, there is instantly – BMX bikers ramping up and then you have, you know, you could go to the bar with the big lights. You could go, you know, get a corn dog. You could go get a pretzel. You could go to the range and see Bryson. (laughs) You could see the live band over there to the left. It was literally like a state fair.
0: When I walk into the gates of Augusta National, I don't see guys <laughs> going off ramps doing flips. But that's the first thing I saw today. Seriously, no, it didn't come but, off rinky dink. And, and wow. we probably shouldn't say state fair because it didn't come off rinky. No, no, no. We don't mean. T- I, I'm talking We're like talking Texas. Value. No, I'm talking yeah. Texas State Fair, like in an OU Texas game. I'm talking about it from the standpoint that yes, there are a ton of activities going on. There's a lot of different food options and so forth. People are just having a great time, and at an OU Texas game, you're running into fellow OU fans that you haven't seen, or family members, or whatever. And out here, you're running into a lot of your golf buddies. I, I know people in the world of golf that I've seen. I, I could list a dozen of them this week. We need that to give I a shout seen. out to
1: all of our listeners yeah, that stopped right. us. We that, had absolutely. a bunch of listeners right. that just recognized our voice and stopped us and said we enjoy listening to the podcast. But there were so many golf fans out there.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, haven't I was, you? Te- I was I've people you haven't seen in either months or years yeah. oh, or that absolutely. type of thing. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, so many people got, yeah. to see, uh, got to see Ron Gooch, Taylor Gooch's dad. Oh, you know, yeah. Someone that who, I, who I used to see almost every week when I was younger, and now I ain't seen him in upwards of a decade almost. So it was really great. Catch up with him. I walked down almost the entire first fair with him, and unfortunately it was on hold that TG bogeyed, so that wasn't <laughs> the most ideal. Yeah, I, I, exactly. It probably imbued. <laughs> even though that was – it's supposed to be a par five, and he made a five, so we can go ahead yeah. and, and say it. But nevertheless, <laughs> no, it was, it was really cool just to see, as you mentioned, Sam, People who either recognize our voice may recognize our hat because we wore yeah. 73rd hole hats, right. whatever it may be. But but no, it was cool just to see that. And I, I think too that people realize that we're gonna keep it so real and we're not we like the product that we're seeing and we're gonna tell people about it. We're not sugarcoating this, we're not trying to make it sound better than it is, we're just experiencing it, right, Sam, and we're just calling it how we see it.
1: That's exactly right. And I had a few fans come out and media members, like I tweeted out last night. I have one media member come up to me and he was skeptical beforehand about how the fans would accept live. And obviously a bunch of negativity goes along with the whole live debate. And he wrote a piece, Bill Haston, in the Tulsa world about how surprised and, and you know, successful the first day of Live was. And fellas, there were even more fans out there today on Saturday than there even were on Friday. The fans absolutely loved it. I can speak for myself. I don't know about you two, but I didn't hear one negative word about Live today in person. Other than no, the parking. The no. parking's an issue, but that's not because of Liv. That's because Cedar Ridge is off by itself.
2: No, I, I have not heard anyone complain about the product that's being presented. The only complaint I've heard from fans is that, and this is probably a fair complaint, there isn't necessarily the most places to sit. The yeah. places where you can sit are like the VIP areas. And, and so, And one other thing too that I noticed is that a lot of areas around the greens aren't really covered with a lot of shade. There's not an abundance of trees. So on a hot day like this, I noticed a lot of people were, were talking about how hot it was. Just because if you wanted to get to a spot where there was shade, it wasn't necessarily the best viewing spot. So yeah. and, and I get that there's really not that much more room for a grandstand or anything like that. So I'm not necessarily going to point out where I they could have done. You could have put just maybe a few of those little like stand chairs well, there I or something like that. I will say this for
1: live. They weren't expecting as many people as are out there. They probably didn't want to put grandstands up and then have empty grandstands on TV is probably why they don't do that, if I had to guess.
2: And and like I said, I I don't really know. But they should
1: now. They know that they will. I bet that if Liv comes back next year or comes back to Oklahoma City or wherever they go, I I guarantee you there'll be grandstands. But
0: on the other hand, it's kind of cool that, this, this is how people used to watch golf tournaments before people had the money to put a grandstand up on every, every hole. People were out lining the fairways. You see the old pictures yeah. of Ben Hogan and the fairways are lined. People are out walking the course, watching the golf, and I love that. And it's neat to walk up to a tee box and just look down there and see the whole fairway lined on some of these lead groups. That is a great thing to see.
1: When Liv first started, I wasn't necessarily – a fan of the shotgun start I kind of was take it or leave it I didn't hate it but I didn't love it today completely changed my mind on it or really didn't change my mind but I am sold on the shotgun start as far as it being for the fan experience because these fans can sit in their hospitality suites which are on literally half the holes you just have to pay to get in t was talking about free grandstands to go sit but there are our hospitality suites on on you know half the holes or you can bring your chair out there and sit it next to the green, but you can sit on one hole and watch all forty eight players come through in four and a half hours now that is something that we 've never seen in professional golf, and you can also go follow your players around the course at like Tito was talking about with the kids with the favorite players. They can go follow their favorite players, you know, as much as they want, and then you know, come see the other guys, and, and it's all over at the same time. And I think that that's a a giant step forward as far as the fan experience goes, especially trying to grow the game for casual fans.
2: Well, that's exactly right. It's the casual fan that I think Liv can really have the market for to get in. Because, as you mentioned, everyone's going to start at the same time, so you don't have to worry about on a Sunday, you know, is this guy teeing off at 8.30 or is he teeing off at 12.30? And so yeah. that way you can know exactly where you need to be. The only thing you have to figure out is what hole to go to. And even if you don't want to go to the first hole he's starting on, you know that he's going to come around at some point. Because, like, if a guy tees off at 8.30 and you get there at noon, you're you're never going to see him. Yeah, You know, and, and
1: so it's – There's no 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Well, all-day extravaganzas. And
0: that's the thing – Attention spans. I mean, the people that are battling for the entertainment dollar. Listen, guys. I mean, it, it's just it's hard to keep people's attention from seven thirty in the morning till seven thirty at night. It just is, especially and, in
1: this day and age. With in this day and age, and, and
0: I'm telling you from another angle. Which all week we've been concerned about the weather, and earlier this week, I mean, it was we were looking at forecast of you know fifty to seventy or eighty percent chance of rain throughout the weekend. Well, and, and we'll see. And tomorrow afternoon, I know there's a there's still a, a pretty big chance of rain. But to me, if you do have bad weather days where you know there's going to be rain in the morning or you know there's going to be rain late in the afternoon or that type of thing, would this shotgun start, all you need is one five-hour window. Maybe like today. Leaders teed off today at 1215, and they were done at 445. Four and a half hours. Four, if, if, if all you need is one four-and-a-half-hour window, that is a great, great thing weather wise. If you're just uh, and looking that's for not one just, window, that's not four just and a half point hour. for the fans. Yeah. That's yeah. a
1: point for the players. There's no weather the, advantage. There's know. no wave advantage. That's right. During live events, you're because all playing all in the playing same playing conditions. The exact same conditions. Yeah. On the same no greens. Same yeah. on the same no greens which is yeah,
0: mainly on the same that green. That's they're all be Greens aren't beat up at night versus pure in the morning, that type of thing.
2: And I will say this just to keep it real. If you're the casual golf fan, this experience is great. But for someone like us who has to really know what's going on at every moment, every shot, if you're on the course, it is very hard Tough to keep, to keep up, up with everything that's going on at once. Just because you can't be everyone on the course at Shotgun one time. start
1: great for TV. Tough to follow what's going on, especially the first two days. Now, I think it'll be a little bit easier tomorrow because you're focused on two or three groups at the top of the leaderboard. But when you're trying to follow what everybody is doing on the entire course, that's how they're able to show so many shots on TV back to back to back to back to back. But you're also, if you're out
2: there in person, you're missing shots back back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, it's just I I can't tell you how many times I was out on the course and I'd pull up the leaderboard on my phone, and it just looked drastically different. Like Cam Smith bogeying the first two holes. I'm like, where the hell did Cam go? Oh, there he is. He's (laughs) he's down there. Then look up. Oh, 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 Bryson's on a hot streak. Okay. Then, oh, here comes Bubba Watson. It's like every time. There was someone new up there, huh, man? It was like I seemed like I was refreshing every 10 minutes or so.
0: But now tomorrow there's only one guy you know, inside of four shots of Bubba Watson. I mean, that's Brandon Grace two shots back. Bubba's, I mean, uh, within four shots of Dustin Johnson. I mean, Bubba's four shots back. But uh, so tomorrow, I think that, you know, TV-wise, I mean, they can focus more in, like Sam said, on the lead group. And you were pointing out, T-Dub, on the last day, they will have the last two groups go off number one.
2: Yes, yeah. Generally, I believe they do that to make sure – the final group, which I believe, either every live term right. or almost every live live term has cut, the winners come out of that. So to make sure they every
1: live tournament,
2: so make sure that they are the last group to finish, as opposed to them finishing in some some the guys in thirtieth place. So, be out of. Yeah. If you're course going still. out
1: to Live Tulsa tomorrow, the golf will start at twelve o five, but the final group will tee off at twelve sixteen tomorrow. Okay. So uh, that was interesting. Another interesting thing that I heard today is they sold more walk-up tickets than they ever have in the United States. Wow. So that's a good point for Liv. I, I think that that's a giant step forward. It shows that at least people in this state are really accepting the Liv product. And it means that people went yesterday, told their buddies, and said, hey, come with us, pick up a ticket at the gate.
0: Either word of mouth or yeah. we're doing our job. You're doing your job on the 73rd hole. We're doing our job on the radio to get people out here.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, our job isn't to promote live. Our job is to co-
2: call it like it is. Yeah. And it's a great product. People were having it's a great first time. class. That's it's right. First class. And one thing that that surprised me too when I was out there is that, like you like you heard the numerous people saying, oh, I wonder where Phil, Phil's group is. Or I wonder where Kepka is, you know. But I kept hearing... Like I wonder where Lee Westwood is. I wonder where Paul Casey is. Yeah, and it's like I wonder where Mark Leishman. It's like yeah. all these people that I did, that that everyone talks about. Well, who with the live haters will say, "Oh, well, that guy's in the field. He, he's washed up. No one cares about him." Well, I've I verbally heard players care about those people that I thought you mean that fans every, fans exactly yeah. that that from these players are supposedly washed up. There's a demand for these guys who are at least are pro- definitely past their so prime, but people about, still want to see them.
1: Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, things that. I didn't think were very important, that a lot of people think are important, obviously, after being at a live event in person. That, what you're talking about, people really enjoying or really looking forward to seeing the quote-unquote washed-up guys, and I saw more people wearing team-issued live gear this week. People love the team thing, t Dub. Me personally, I can take it or leave it. I love the individual golf, and the team aspect is cool, and Taylor Gooch loves the team aspect. All the players seem to really embrace the team aspect of Liv. Me personally, I, I thought it was a cool idea. I, I'm not hating on the team idea. I just didn't know if it would really take off. T-Dub, it's taken off. The people love the team aspect. They sold out of Range Goat stuff. The rack that had all the Range Goats t-shirts that we bought, T-Dub,
2: it's gone. And rightfully so. It's by far the best logo in the shirts that we got, Sam, which sitting right over there. I mean, it's just absolutely flying. And, and just humped me to that point that, that Sam was making. Once again, thanks. I heard people today, they would say, is Sergio the captain of the fireballs? You know, that's a question. And then they're like, well, who's on his team? And then they would see some other player and be like, oh, is he a captain? Is he not? And so that's something that I didn't think people cared about either was, they care about who the captain of the team is, even though their score doesn't the matter more than right. someone today, else.
1: By the way, the captains are all up at the top of the leaderboard, it seems like.
0: Yeah, Dustin Johnson, captain of the four aces. Uh, uh, now, Stinger uh, is – It's um, Louis Louis ca- And his score didn't count today. It did yesterday. Schwartz was the no-counter yesterday. Like we mentioned on, on, on T. Gooch uh, – you know, his score hadn't counted either day for the Rangecoats, but they're still sitting there two shots off the podium. I mean, two shots behind the crushers for third place right now. So, listen, I love this team aspect. I, I think it is absolutely great. It gives, for the viewer on a Sunday afternoon, gives you another thing to keep up with and watch for. and, and Especially and in make, a blowout. Yeah, if the individual race is not... Close, maybe the team race is, is close and so forth. So, right now, I mean, four races only have a one shot lead going into the final day over Stinger. Crushers only have a two shot lead over the Range Coats uh, for third place right now. And so, and for the players, these guys are playing for three million dollars every week for first place and split four ways. That that's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece. That's That's a significant paycheck right there.
1: No, that's absolutely significant. Guys, let's go ahead and hit a break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast. When we get back after the break, we're going to make our predictions for how we think Liv Tulsa is going to shape up tomorrow. And then we have to get to the Byron Nelson, guys, obviously – We have a big name in the state of Oklahoma tied for the lead at the Byron Nelson. We'll tell you who it is after the break here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. Join the hype. Live Golf is coming to Tulsa at Cedar Ridge Country Club, May 12th through the 14th. See the top players who include DJ, Taylor Gooch, Bill Mickelson, Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau. Battling it out. This is high stakes golf with a whole new vibe and a whole new energy. Rally your squad now and see the big names with big swings compete in this new global league. Tickets are selling fast. Get yours now at livegolf.com. That's L I. IVgolf.com.
2: Hey everyone, T Dub here. Wanna take a second to tell you about my good friends
1: Here on the 73rd Hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Speaking of Oklahoma golf, fellas, let's talk about the Oklahoma guys in this Live Tulsa leaderboard. We'll get to another guy from Oklahoma that's playing great in professional golf later on in the show. But here at Live Tulsa at Cedar Ridge, you got Abraham Answer, you have uh, Eugenio Lopez Chicara, you have Charles Hal, and you have Matthew Wolf all sitting there. At six under par, you have uh, Peter Uline at four under, and you have Taylor Gooch down there at one under. Fellas, I think as far as it goes for TG, he had a lot on his plate this week. I mean, not only winning at live Adelaide but then going to live Singapore that's a lot of travel then he travels back and you know has his foundation event on Monday this week and then uh you know having all the the range goat stuff that he was going on that he had going on the the media obligations that he had this week it was like he was hosting the tournament I know he wasn't hosting it but he was literally the ambassador for live Tulsa this week had the biggest followings all week. He's been awesome at the TG foundation, uh, hospitality area that he's been, you know, going over and high five and everybody all, all week. And I think it was just, you know, bound to happen eventually that TG's going to cool off. And it doesn't surprise me that it's this week with everything going on around it. it. This week has nothing to do with TG's golf. He he just had a lot of other things on his plate. T-Dub.
2: <laughs> It doesn't matter what situation you're in. Trying to three-peat is hard to know. I mean, he he went back-to-back, which is something that had not been done in Lyft so far. And so, yeah, no, it it was bound to happen. And also, too, you have the aspect of wanting to do good at the major championship next week at PGA. So, it's yeah, there's so many things on TG's plate. Not a shock that he's not having his best week. It's a little bit of a shock that he is the the worst Oklahoman out out of the uh, six players. I would not have prognosticated that one bit. One thing that was really good to see, about the local guys, first thing I want to say is yesterday, the first shot I saw was Abe Anser holing out from the fairway. I think that was the first shot yeah. you that saw, was too. the first
1: shot we saw, yeah. too. So we like, were hey. standing right to the right of the green. Welcome
2: to Live Golf. Here's a hole-out eagle <laughs> yeah. for you. And then a beautiful thing to see, Huntman. Our man Charles Howe rebounded with a solid 600 oh. today. I mean, and what's crazy about it, too, is he poured his last six holes. I mean, he could have very easily gotten it rolling a little bit better, but uh, definitely got himself set up pretty good and the Crusher's pretty good. Charles yeah. Howe isn't going to go out and win this tournament, but it's good to see him come back from what was not his best at uh, first round by any stretch.
0: No, I, I love Charles Howell, but but to talk about Taylor Gooch, and by the way, we got to spend a lot of time with, with Ron, his dad, uh, seeing him a number of times throughout the rounds because really I think I've watched uh, Taylor as much as any golf for the last couple of days. And I'll tell you what, guys, I can think of maybe seven or eight putts that could have easily oh, dropped man. that either caught the lip or – or, or, over. Especially or, if you go your, over
1: the last two days. I but mean, just today I just, followed the majority of Taylor Gooch's round. And yeah. I mean, he didn't hit it bad whatsoever. He didn't he hit it didn't that make bad. Any putts, he, he could be
0: seven or eight under in a heartbeat. That's just golf. It's yeah. just one of those weeks. But like you said, uh, T. Dub, with everything that he's dealing with, plus Sam didn't even mention the U.S. Open controversy oh, and these man, controversy yeah. about the majors and world golf ranking points and so forth. He's got a whole lot on his plate.
1: But I, did, I talked to his dad, and he said that this is going to be one of those weeks. He'll probably, you know, be happy to get on a flight up to new york right you just kind of get away from it all and focus on golf next week at the at the pga championship just because it's tough it's taxing on your mind
0: hey listen but it's just a reminder of how lucky we are that a guy that 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 you guys grew up with a little bit older than you but i mean closer to t-dubs age but played a lot of golf against and junior golf but uh just a class class guy what a representative of carl albert of midwest city of osu We've talked about his foundation. He's doing so many great things. Well, for, tell the
1: story about the foundation earlier on in the week did, that we heard.
0: Yeah, well, about about the, the, the Ro- Rolex. Rolex watch. And, and the yeah. guy, I guess they had a contest and, and went out to, what, 150 yards on the 18th hole and closest to the pin, and, and they're giving away a Rolex Rolex watch, and and the watch is supposed to be worth, what, $30,000, no. Sam, and so then...
2: I probably wouldn't have won, but I so wish I would have entered that. The, the guy <laughs>
0: that won it said, I want to give this back to the foundation, and let's have an auction and give it away, And and so... Then uh, talk about the auction, Sam. They 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 so start bidding up to twenty five thousand. Started uh, the,
1: yeah started the bidding at the, twenty thousand, and then I mean, who know, says he's going to match? him I mean, qui- it yeah. kind of quieted down, and Bubba said, "If someone puts up twenty five thousand, I'll match that twenty five, and we'll go up to fifty thousand for the foundation." And then Taylor had, and I I I can't remember the the man's name, but he had a, a guy whisper in his ear said, "I want 50000 you know, and then. Bubba said, I will match or I think it might have even been Taylor Gooch saying, if you bump it up to fifty four uh thousand, then, you know, Bubba's gonna match, and then we'll have hundred and eight thousand dollars for the Taylor Gooch Foundation, and that's exactly what happened. And it and Taylor, and this was, you know, Taylor's dad telling us this story, and it was just kind of a God thing and how this thing happened because Taylor just said 54,000 because that's the amount of holes they play and live. But it turns out when Bubba matched that 54,000, guess how much the school bus was uh, for the school that, that the Taylor Gooch Foundation goes to
0: is one hundred eight thousand dollars. A hundred eight exactly thousand dollars
1: on wow. the dot, and that's and what Taylor they had Nuge with the match of fifty-four. A school bus for a local school in Oklahoma City—that's big time stuff, T Dub.
2: A hundred percent is yeah, just the great stuff,
0: great that
1: he's been doing, yeah.
2: and, and and this is what I've been saying. I mean, you want to talk about where the mo- the money's coming from? You shouldn't do it. I mean, look at the great stuff that TG's been doing with where it's coming from. So no, give me give me a damn break. It's about yeah. how. It's used with the resources that are handing to you. And TG is a prime example of the good work that can be done yeah. from this. Him and, and
1: Kelsey Klein. Kelsey oh, Klein oh, Kel- has done 100%. a lot of good work with that foundation as well.
0: But back to Charles Howell III. Yeah. I mean, he comes back today with, a what, 600 six today? Under. Uh, Sam, after shooting even par yesterday, and he had a, another big contingent uh, of family and friends following him. Obviously played his college golf at OSU, but married a girl from Kingfisher, Heather Myers, and so forth. That's why it's just been such a great and he's week. he's the reason and, why and this Charles, tournament that's right. even happened. That's a great point, Sam. Yeah. yeah, he's the one who worked behind the scenes uh, to, to get with Cedar Ridge, get this tournament in Oklahoma. And who knows what? Guys, I mean, this tournament could be coming back to Oklahoma for many years. So, I, yeah, it's been, it's just been a reminder of all the great success that we have in golf. And speaking this of the devil, what I just
1: got a text from Charles Hal here. <laughs> I said, "Great playing today." He said, "Howdy, boss. Thank you, man." How about all the people out there today? So good.
2: Yeah,
0: that <laughs> is great. Facts from
2: our man Charles. Big right time there. stuff from yeah. our man no, Charles. He, he's got oh, to be weird. very happy. <laughs>
0: he, he has to be very happy because he's the one who bet on the Oklahoma golf fan to live. I mean, he put his neck on the line, so to speak, and said, Oklahomans will support this tournament, and they have.
1: And they'll surpass your you know benchmark numbers that
2: Live needed to hit. They doubled that. It's going to be the best live tournament in the United States. Bar yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I would be shocked if there's another. Well, that's domestic. just a fact. It's yeah. just a fact. Well, it's I definitely mean, up to this point. I don't. I just don't see another one this you're year. You're saying that,
1: into the future? Yeah, into the yeah. yeah. Well, at, at least just, through
2: the end of this year. Who knows where they'll go? Next Oklahoma
1: year, and the surrounding areas, Texas, Arkansas, Kansas, even Missouri. I heard a lot of people. I've met a lot of people from Kansas City that came down. Uh, we heard yesterday that twenty percent of the tickets that were sold. We're from Texas, which is interesting with the Byron Nelson and how much of a mainstay that has been over the past however many years, right? And yep. so that's interesting that they're you know taking some fans away from the Byron Nelson and making fans interested and live up here at Tulsa. And I think you'd even get more if you had it in the Oklahoma City area next year. I guess we'll see. But yeah, Charles Howell put his neck on the line, and he was exactly right. Like I said, Abraham Answer, Matthew Wolf. I talked to Matthew Wolf and, and Nick Heinen quite a bit before the rounds each day and, and Matthew Wolf playing some solid golf uh, despite having the elbow issues that we talked about earlier on in the week. He's striking the ball phenomenally, and if he can get a couple putts to drop tomorrow, he could vault himself up into the top ten as well.
0: Yeah, he had gone 44th and 41st his last two tournaments, but that was injury-related, and you guys talked earlier in the week, and he wasn't real you know, confident in how that elbow was going to perform this week. Well, man, he's playing some tremendous golf.
2: No doubt about it. He really it. is. I mean, and you mentioned, too, the form just has not been there. He did finish fourth down in Orlando and finished 10th and 12th. No, live events before then, so it seemed like he had it rolling, and then yeah, it had to, it had to be major, majorly elbow thing in there. And, and our man Jerry Fultz, how about that, Sam? Calling about yeah. what well, good play, and, and we're sitting here like, nah, I mean, the elbow's bad. I mean, he's been yeah. playing so bad these last two live events. There's no chance he plays good. Our man Jerry knew a yeah. little, little something, something for Jerry, sure.
1: Jerry definitely knew what was coming, fellas. It's time to make our picks. We, we can change our picks from the start of the week, guys, because my picks were not very good. I don't know where the fireballs are, but I didn't see them on the leaderboard very much. They're there, in eighth as, place. They're in eighth place. Out of team, 12 teams. As far as not the team ideal. events go. So let's start out with our team picks for tomorrow you have the four aces in first at 26 under they're one shot ahead of stinger which is the south african team at 25 under and then you have charles howell and bryson dechambeau's team crushers my right pick there at my pick the crushers under. are coming solo good. third place the range goats like we talked about tg not having his best week but the range goats are having a solid week Thomas Peters, Harold Varner the third, and obviously Bubba Watson playing some solid golf. 69 for Harold Varner today, 67 for Thomas Peters, and a 64 for Bubba. That's big time stuff from the Range Goats to be in fourth place. And don't sleep on Team Smash either. They have Brooks Kepka, Jason Kokrak. Matthew, Wolf, and Chase Kepka, who's not having a great week, but they're still a very formidable team. I followed, obviously, Taylor Gooch's group today, fellas, which meant that I was following Brooks Kepka's group, and Kepka was absolutely striping it today. Couldn't get a whole lot of putts to fall, but I really like him to have a good week next week at the PGA. But, fellas, four aces, stinger, crushers,
2: top three. uh, Who are you going with? Well, and, and you gotta include the Ripper in there too. They're in sixth place. Yeah. They're only eight back of the so you have six, nothing. you have six teams there within eight shots of the lead hunt, man. I think the team contest tomorrow, in my opinion, is gonna be more exciting and exhilarating than the individual contest. I do think Dustin Johnson is going to he's not gonna win by seven or eight shots, in my opinion, but I do think he's gonna have a very comfortable control of this golf term. I picked the Range goes before the start of the week. The fact that they're in fourth, not taking T G score any day is very, very encouraging. So I'm like to pick them but the, them four aces, man, they're just looking so rock solid. They've been by far the best team in live so far. Their ninth place finish in Singapore has been a fluke. They hadn't finished worse than third in the other uh, live event before that. So, I don't know, man. I've kind of got a change for my rain goats here. I just think that the uh, the four aces are just playing too solid right now.
0: You're probably right about that, but I'm stubborn, so I'm going to stick with my crushers uh, that I had before the week started, one guy that's not helping him, though, is Paul Casey, and that was one thing I was wrong about to start the week. I thought he, he was maybe due uh, for a good week. He's only sitting there at uh, minus two, tied for 33rd right now in the golf tournament, so they need to have Casey uh, maybe throwing a low round uh, to get right in the hunt on that team. But but still, like you said, I mean, they're only four shots behind, uh, three shots behind Stinger, uh, Crusher's in, in third place. I'm going to stick with him.
1: Guys, I'm going team smash to win this golf tournament. They're sitting Whoa. there what? right now. Team Smash is sitting there at 19 under. The lead is at 26 under, okay? So there's seven shots back. But I think in the team event, you're going to have those guys just go out and freewheel it and not have to worry about a Brandon Grace trying to you know, win the golf tournament or a Dustin Johnson trying to win the golf tournament. Brooks Kepka today went bogey, Free in his round shot a 65 today and then you had jason kokrak out there who made uh six birdies on his round you had matthew wolf who's been playing some solid golf like we just talked about uh only made one bogey on his round today I, and i think that those guys are going to go out and freewheel it because they're not worried about trying to win a golf tournament individually that team is one to look out for tomorrow. I'm going with Team Smash to win the golf tournament.
0: I tell you, Chase Kepka on that team had it rolling today, until the last two holes where he finishes double bogey, bogey. So he gave That's up right. three shots on, on the last two holes today. So and still shot in the 60s. Yeah, well, I, I mean, still had had a decent round, but he really had a chance for for a low round today uh, for Team Smash. So his score ends up not counting today.
1: All right, fellas. I'm going Dustin Johnson individually. T-Dub, I think you're doing the same thing. I want a big name to win at Live Tulsa for it being the first time here. Uh, So I'm going Dustin Johnson. His game just looks too solid to me. Uh, And if the putter stays hot like it has been all week, he's going to win this golf tournament by four shots.
2: I can't remember what year it was, but there was back when they used to have the WGC in in China – DJ had like a five-shot lead and shot a 77 birdie-free round in the final round. That's the only way I see him not winning this tournament. I think he is going to go out. And just his game just looks to be too rock solid right now. Maybe he'll start looking too far ahead to next week, but I don't think that's going to happen. I expect him. He's winning by two right now. I expect him to win by three to four by tomorrow afternoon. I
0: I said two guys coming into this week and and it was uh, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. I kind of went, I went with Cam Smith because his current form and live was a little bit better. I mean, uh, two top sevens in the last two tournaments where Dustin Johnson had the 25th in his last tournament, but Dustin had two top tens and the two before that at Orlando and Australia, but just watching him, his game is just so, so solid right now. Yes. He should win this tournament, and like I said, if he plays like he's playing this week, hits the ball like he is this week, which I don't expect it to change a lot in the next week, I think he's going to be in contention at Oak Hill next week. I definitely
1: think that you got to look for Dustin Johnson next week. Same, things seem to be, he, he almost seems like one of those guys that you know took the offseason off, season off you know yeah. like not just the off season it was the off season for dustin johnson and it just seems like he's rounding back into form and is really focusing on his game and and the confidence is coming along with that for dustin johnson you did mention cam smith we never really got to him today he shot two under par and in his round he started on 3 he made a bogey on his first hole and a bogey on his last hole but was bogey-free in between there with four birdies uh, to finish two under on the day. Cam Smith is down there in fifth place at eight under par for the Rippers. Um, fellas, I've really enjoyed the past couple days. T-Dub, any final thoughts on uh, on Liv Tulsa so far through two days?
2: I just want to see how tomorrow ends up being. I mean, I think by the time we get to the, to the podium where you see the celebrations and and I'm excited to see who gets shot in the face with champagne. That's going to be <laughs> very interesting to see. But uh, but no, I think overall and we're going to talk about it a lot more on the radio show tomorrow in our show after the round. But I just think this week is going to be a tremendous success for the for the state and for the town the town of Tulsa as well. And uh, I think it would be an absolute crime if a Love event doesn't come to Oklahoma next year. Oh man
0: yeah just so happy with the with, with the weather we've had the last two days now forecast for tomorrow is a little bit iffy t dub i mean we'll, we got uh, rain chances in the uh, 30 to 40 percent chance maybe a little bit higher in the middle of the afternoon even up to 50 percent chance of rain uh, so hopefully we get it in uh, tomorrow but but it 's just been a it's it 's been great for the state of Oklahoma for golf in the state of Oklahoma. I give it up to the Oklahoma fans that have come out in great support and fans like Sam said in this whole uh, part of the country that have come out to support this event. Cedar Ridge ha- has hit a home run in in my opinion. Uh, and, and live has definitely hit the home run coming to Oklahoma, but also Dustin Johnson is a cherry on top because it would, it would really help, uh, to have a a champ, uh, like a DJ, uh, this week. And, and he looks in, in great position, uh, to win this week. So just a, a super week of golf in Oklahoma.
1: No doubt about it, fellas, by the way, happy mother's day to all the mothers out there. My mom Bev, I love you so much. Happy Mother's Day to you. The thing that I reason why I bring that up, fellas, tonight. Uh, and not just tomorrow is because I do feel like maybe tomorrow we might see a few less fans because it's Mother's Day, but Dad, they're doing a promotion tomorrow where you can get uh, your mom pampered out at the live event. I I know that this was a radio promotion. I just thought it was interesting uh, that Liv is doing spa treatment for moms out at the live event tomorrow, so maybe you can convince your mom to go watch some golf tomorrow. Even, you know, hopefully the weather holds off, and and I'm expecting maybe a little bit smaller crowds because of Mother's Day, but if your mom's pretty cool, she might want to uh, go out to live live golf tomorrow.
0: Well, if you're listening to this late in the night, Saturday night, or very early Sunday morning, uh, maybe you still have time to take advantage of this offer. Uh, four tickets for the cost of three. Uh, the promo code is Mom. That's L-I-V-M-O-M. Uh, you're going to have access to the Tulsa Suites and Terrace, all the dedicated space on the 18th Green to host moms and treat them on Mother's Day with massages, with sweet treats, with a great spot to watch the golf. Open to all female Live Golf Tulsa attendees. Also, for more ticket information, if you want to buy some last-minute tickets for Mother's Day, call 561-935-3782. That's 561-935-3782. Or just visit livegolf.com.
1: Or just go up to the gate, the walk-up tickets yep. with the the QR code at the front gate, like they said a bunch of people did Today, last thing, fellas, we have an absolute legend in the state of Oklahoma, especially, in my opinion, the Edmund North Goat and one of the greatest players, uh, most talented players to ever come out of the state of Oklahoma. He's a very young guy, but Austin Ekro is tied for the lead at the Byron Nelson with Zachang, Marty Doe, and Ryan Palmer, fellas. They're 16 under par for the golf tournament Austin Eckert with a career... Low round, eight under par in the third round. Gained over three shots on the field putting and over two and a half shots, strokes gained approach. When you're hitting your irons that good and you're putting it that good, T-Dub, you're a force to be reckoned with. And it's good to see Austin Ekro really throwing some low ones out there. Uh, And I hope he gets the job done tomorrow. That would be great for the state of Oklahoma.
2: I mean, he made 10 birdies today. I mean, anytime (laughs) that you do that, you're going to be just fine because he had a double... On what was the seventh hole, I wish I could have told you I made the double, but I have not seen one shot of this tournament all week. I can't tell you the last time <laughs> that I went a full week without watching one shot on the PJ Tour event. But that's the world that we live in right now, Hunt, man. I will say this. The biggest shock of the entire day was I did not have Scotty Scheffler shooting even par on my bingo card whatsoever. I have to scroll all the way down to Mackenzie Hughes, who's in 15th place to find another player who, who did not break par. Then after that, I have to go all the way down to – uh, about 49th place to find someone who did not shoot under TPC, bar. So TPC,
1: Craig Ranch, every year they go low.
2: I mean, it's just notoriously one of the easiest driving courses you'll ever find. And so, no, I, I think that – I sure hope Austin is going to be able to win tomorrow afternoon. I think it's going to be really great for him. I think it'll be great for the state. I mean, and – I, I do think it is going to be a shootout, though, because uh, you have Dow, Marty Dow there. Then you also have Ron Palmer, who always plays great in the state of Texas. And you have even Jason Daylark in there, only two back and who's probably – but Scott Scheffler is probably the best player in this field, at least how he's been playing. You can maybe throw Terrell Hatton in, in the argument, but he's too busy flipping off bunkers to hit good golf shots, in my opinion. <laughs> so so I don't know, I mean, yeah. it's going to be great well, to see uh, Austin Eckroat win because a lot of Oklahomans have had some good success down at the Byron Nelson in the past.
0: Oh, no question about that. Uh, Scott Verplank comes to mind immediately. But but on Austin Eckroat, Sam, in round one, he starts on the back nine and bogeys number 16, then he bogeyed number one after he made the turn. He is two over through 10 holes. Still two over through 13 holes of his first round. And then he finished with four birdies. In, in, the, in his last five holes, birdies last three in a row at 7, 8, and 9. That's how he started this golf tournament. And then he goes from 200 under the first round to 600 in the second round. And finally, eight under par in his round today. And if you guys saw that round today, had seven birdies on the front nine today. And then a double on number seven on the par three. But anyway, to shoot the 63, Sam, I think back to his freshman year at Edmund North. Where he won the state title. He won didn't he? the state yeah. championship
1: Individual. as a freshman. Yeah,
0: as a freshman. And at, for those who don't on know, on this Austin golf course, at, Gropen- at Cedar Ridge, yeah. the one they're playing this no, week in Tulsa. That,
1: that was. Oh, no. That his, was actually, his, uh, I'm that was sorry. actually at his Karsten freshman. Creek. No,
0: yeah. I'm sorry. You yeah, you guys won it your freshman year here, but I mean, yeah, he won it at Karsten Creek individually. Right. But I remember he won individually. Anyway, hey, this kid is going to win so many times on the PGA Tour and win a ton of money. Austin Eckroat has game. He's proven it at every level as a junior, high school, college, and now he's doing it as a pro. I'm so happy for him. I've said it many times that
1: of the guys that I played against growing up, Austin Ekro had the most natural talent out of any of those guys. And guys, I mean, it's his first year on the PGA Tour. Interesting to watch young guys on the PGA Tour with a lot of talent. He's missed 10 cuts. But he also has a 12th, a 5th, and now he's leading the Byron Nelson. So it's a little bit of boom or bust as he goes through that learning process. But I totally agree with what you said. He's going to win a bunch on the PGA Tour and make a whole lot of money. I could not be happier for Austin and his family and his dad. Steve Ekro, great people. Um, My high school teammate, it's really cool to, you know, look up and see one of your old high school teammates leading the Byron Nelson.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's really cool. And, encouraging that he has made his last two cuts on the PGA Tour, and he's actually gained shots off the tee his last four tournaments. So, not necessarily been overpowering golf courses, but he's definitely been putting the ball in play. And as you alluding to earlier, Sam, getting almost a full shot approach, getting almost a full shot off the tee, and gaining more than two full shots uh, putting so his only weakness has been has been losing about half a shot around the green. So it'll be interesting to see tomorrow if he puts himself in a situation where he's not able to hit eighteen greens, which I would be pretty impressive doing the final group of the final round. If he, if he's able to not get up and down in certain situations, because unfortunately Sam that has been his kryptonite this week at
0: least. But like you said, seven guys right now separated by two shots, top seven. If you want to go down the top eleven guys separated by only three shots, uh, he, he's going to have to go out and earn it tomorrow.
1: No doubt. And Scotty Scheffler lurking two shots back. That would definitely make you worry a little bit considering he's probably not going to shoot even par again tomorrow. Well, it's,
2: it's the it's the opposite of, like you're talking about with Brandon Grace where you play so good and how do you bounce it back? Yeah. Well, how do you bounce back after having what is, I mean, you shoot even Very par. Very
1: uncharacteristic. And
2: even par on this golf course is equivalent to shooting about four over at, yeah. at, at another tour, tour venue.
1: Right, right, exactly. Going to be really interesting to see how that turns out. Tomorrow, the thing that I do know will happen tomorrow is that my one-and-done pick will not be winning the Byron Nelson considering (laughs) I completely forgot... This week, fellas, to put in a one and done pick for the Byron Nelson. I had a lot of other things going on, and it completely slipped my mind. T Dub, uh, luckily, I did not do this on an elevated event.
2: Well, my uh, my one and done pick, K H Lee, is seven under in t fifty eighth (laughs) place. So he's going to make a whopping maybe three bucks this week. He was the two
0: time defending. Chase going for the
2: three piece, like T Dub. He was was was, doing the Taylor Gooch, yeah, Yeah. trying to go for the three piece. So now, Sam, you didn't miss out on a whole lot, unless you were going to. Were you going to run out uh, marty dow this week were you thinking about running him out or running I, out of ryan palmer
1: i don't think so and i think i already used austin Eckroat sometime earlier this year so I, I think i dodged a bullet uh <laughs> accidentally forgetting to put in my one and done pick but one thing that i don't think you guys should acci- accidentally forget to do is go hit that subscribe button it's the purple button on apple and the green button on spotify it's absolutely free, and it will just help us out, and it will give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode. We are back in the morning when you're probably you know, listening to this. We'll be live on the Sports Animal, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the Sports Animal. If you're driving up to Tulsa to see live Live Tulsa, um, we will be on the air from 10 a.m. to noon. Taylor Williams, Preston Poole, and myself – Giving coverage and dad i think you're joining us for that as well tomorrow morning uh, before play starts at cedar ridge follow us on social media at the 73rd hole on twitter and at 73rd hole on
2: instagram i'm at sam humphreys 34 tw give your twitter uh t underscore williams 101 instagram is t williams underscore 10
1: Absolutely. Everybody have a great evening. It's been an awesome two days at Live Tulsa. Let's cap it off tomorrow with the cherry on top at Cedar Ridge. For Taylor Williams and my dad, the Huntman Craig Humphreys, this has been Sam Humphreys here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.